Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, everyone. It's Caroline from G-Thanks Just Bought It, reminding you that in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at G-Thanks Just Bought It Pod. You can find products that don't make it onto the episodes and recommendations from listeners like you. So before you start this episode, give it a follow and say hi in the comments. And for a full list of every product we featured on G-Thanks, visit gthanksjustboughtit.com slash episodes. See you there. Hey everyone, welcome to another week of G Thanks Just Bought It, the podcast where we tell you what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and this week I am joined by Tonette Griffin. Tonette is a New Yorker, a New Jerseyer, uh, a New Jerseyan. What do they call New Jersey inns? Inns? I think it's Anns. New Jersey Anns. <laughs> New Jersey Anns. Okay, so Tonette lives in uh, New Jersey. She works full-time as a producer for an event marketing agency. And by night, she runs a reselling business on Poshmark, which I think is so amazing. Um, she runs it from her living room. She was kind of doing it. You were doing it like a little bit of a side hustle? Totally. Totally is a side hustle. Um, it was part side hustle, part desperation from the lack of <laughs> interviews uh, yeah. that I was getting from uh, after I moved up to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And and now it's like a full, you were like a full-fledged reselling machine. Full-fledged reselling machine. It's been kind of crazy. Um, and, and just the way that it's blown up. Mm -hmm. I've started with reselling items from my own personal closet. Um, most of the items that I had that, that, that sort of launched my, my seed money that I used to reinvest into the business were from selling, um, all of my forever 21 and H and M video girl, club girl dresses yep, yep. <laughs> that I'd totally grown out of. <laughs> um, and, and what I did was I took the, the first small little lump sum of money that I made from my Poshmark sales. Mm -hmm. And I used that. And I went to the local Salvation Army that's right down the street from me. And I would load up on all of the brands that sell really well on Poshmark. So yeah, that's wow. the short and dirty. Of I'm, it. I'm already like, Google, I'm like already thinking about Googling. I'm like, okay, are the Goodwills near me in LA open right now? Like, should I go do that in an hour? Um, the answer is no, because LA is being hit really hard by the pandemic right now. And yeah. I'm not dumb enough to leave the house. But that is so amazing. That is so cool. Like that is I will just tell you so cool. Mm -hmm. the, the Goodwills out in LA where you are, are like a gold mine. Okay. I would yes. die. <laughs> I yes. mean, you're talking Reformation. You're talking COS. You're talking Everlane. All of all of the good stuff. Um, Jeanette, I have I am, a lot of. Yeah, I'm available. I will be your 
I will be your West Coast partner. I will go, I will go into the when it's like safe enough to go. I'll go scouting for you. I'll go get clothes and stuff because the second hand scene in L.A. You're right is so good. It's, it's so good. It's so good. It's literally like rich and famous people dropping like giving their assistants garbage bags of stuff to drop off. And then you're like go- going through and finding like so much good stuff because I did that for a day. Um, you know, in the four weeks that I had before the stay at home orders were put in place. And I was like, I'm going to yep. do this all the time. That didn't really work out. But I have dreams of returning to it. And I like I love that you have yes. made this your like your full time life. Yes, it's kind of crazy. So um, one of my secrets, actually, um, is that I I actually so before COVID and before mm-hmm. everything shut down, I was exclusive exclusively sourcing all of my inventory from Salvation Army. Okay. So for all of the people that live in New Jersey and Jersey City, the Salvation Army right off of the Holland Tunnel is (laughs) the plug. Wow. (laughs) I know that Salvation Army. That is awesome. Yeah. It's so crazy. I that is that has been my go-to. Um Goodwill actually they're for me, at least, the Goodwills are a little further out for me. Mm-hmm. And so when I started, when I started sourcing specifically to, to find like really good brands, I found that the Salvation Army right next to me, next to the Holland Tunnel, had a really, really great healthy supply of um, items that people you know, like me, that uh, people that are like me who are from my same age group mm-hmm. uh, would regularly donate. So every week I would go and I would find a whole rack of Lululemon. No. Freshly, just freshly, <laughs> freshly donated. And um, that blows my you mind. Know, obviously, there's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, you have to pick and choose yes. and do a lot of in store yeah. reviewing and specking to make sure that this, the, 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 the items that you're, you know, investing in are actually of good quality. Yep. So, um, for me at least, Salvation Army has a really great, a really great price point. And in New York, at least, it's like, I'd say 50%, they charge 50% less than the Goodwills do. Wow. Uh, and and it's the same in New Jersey. So for me, trying to, you know, make sure that I'm investing wisely. And back when I first started, which was a year ago, I had, I was, I was giving myself a $50 limit. Every two weeks I would go okay. $50 yeah. and I would, yeah, would go in and I would find as much as I could, that made sense. That was flippable that I knew would sell, would sell well. And now when you say flippable, um, are you doing anything? Are you like kind of making any modifications to the product? Like, are you, are you like hemming things or like, or is it really truly like you turn around, you sell it as is, and you can make a profit? When I first, when I first started, it really truly was going in and buying something straight off the rack. Yep bringing it home, washing it, steaming it, photographing it and listing it on Poshmark. Wow. Um, I, with clothes, so clothes, shoes, jewelry with that type of stuff. I never really, I never really, I would, I try to be really careful about finding things that needed to 
have a lot of repair. Yep. Um, mostly because I know myself and that, <laughs> you know, while I am in the store and I may see that it has a minor tear on it and it might be from a really great brand. The reality is on the flip side is that once I bring it home, I'm <laughs> probably going to lose all motivation right. to fix that, ri- <laughs> fix that rip and fix that tear and, and make it back to new. Yes. Um, especially when, you know, you're working with an inventory of like 500 items. Um, wow. So, yeah, I tried to be really careful about about that. Uh, that is in the so cool. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, I was I was a lot more I had a lot more lofty dreams about what things I did have the ability to fix. Sure. And some of those things just never have still have not seen the light of day on my <laughs> inventory list because I haven't been able to fix them. So what is the what's the first thing that you can remember selling that you got at Goodwill? Like what did you pay for it? And then what did it end up selling for? And then after all of the like Poshmark oh fees, like what did you make? Like what was your profit? Oh my gosh, Caroline, I have so many crazy stories. Tell so, me, tell me everything. Oh like we goodness. just we all okay. want to hear everything. I'm telling you. Yeah. So um I will tell so I bought this I bought a brand new pair of Loafler Randall <gasps> sandals that Not- were Still selling in stores in Bergdorf, uh, uh, Bergdorf, um, and this this brand is like a really high end couture brand. Yep the 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 sandals had never been worn before. They were literally brand new. I paid twenty dollars for them, which for me is a lot of money because, mind you, my my um, limit was fifty dollars. Right. So I already spent half of that right. on like a single item. Um, but when I found them, I looked them up, I Googled them right there in the store and I saw what they were selling for and I didn't see a lot of comps and I thought to myself, this is literally gold. What were they selling and for? I, they were selling for brand new, yeah. like $395, <gasps> $395. I resold them on Poshmark for, I think $120. <gasps> so Holy yeah, I, shit. And Poshmark, they take 20% out of um, anything that's over, I think, $10 okay. is what they, t- they take. But so my my takeaway from that was, you know, I made like $100. I mean, which was yeah. Awesome. Wow. Um, and then I have another story Tell where I me. bought a pair. I, I bought a pair of um, Doc Martin boots oh for four dollars no oh my god it's it's insane they were worn maybe once and then donated for whatever reason i paid four dollars for them i sold them for 80 and my profit was like 72 dollars wow yeah that is Um, amazing it's it's pretty crazy so i don't know i have this crazy like knack for finding so right now I you know because everything's been shut down I haven't been able to go thrifting which is you know the the thing that brings me so much joy I mean it's like shopping but 
you know, for yourself, but like a dream version of yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Because half the stuff that I, that I find, I'm, you know, totally not able to wear. But it's also like shopping for money. Like that's even more fun. Like you're literally going shopping for money. It ups the heart rate, you know, when you find (laughs) something that's like a citizen, a pair of citizens of humanity jeans that are selling uh, for $3, you know, at the thrift store. And you, you know, you can flip them for $120 and that's that. And that's, you know, what's helped me pay a lot of my, my bills. Um, that is so cool. Like that is so smart. And I do imagine, and, and now knowing, like, I know the LA secondhand scene is so strong and New York, it definitely is too, though. New York, I think it's cool. I think it's great that you kind of, that you've been focusing on, Salvation Armies in New Jersey, because sometimes you go into like the housing works in New York and I love housing works. I support their mission. Um, yep. but they, but they like know what they have. You know what I they mean? They totally <laughs> know. Goodwill knows. Yeah. Oh, and, oh my goodness. Totally. You know, I, I have a, a, a love hate relationship with, with the, the higher end thrift stores mm-hmm. in New York, because you know, the minute you walk in there, you, you can so easily drop like a grand. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, like easily, like it, it's unbelievable, and it's you know it's the fashion capital of the exactly. world. Exactly, so. it's, it's <laughs> even right. Even the vintagey thrift stores are like curated, you know, in a way, and they're oh, curated God, totally. by people who like understand fashion and understand who know it, the market, right? So I feel like it's even more exciting to kind of go to a and not like New Jersey is a small town, but I'm thinking about the Salvation Army in Western Massachusetts where I went to college, and it's like, yeah, you would find really fun stuff there. Like you're less likely to find, you know, like designer pieces just because of the location of where you are, but like it was almost more fun to spend an hour like going through every single t-shirt and yes. every single pair of jeans yes. and then you'd find something I was only shopping for me but you would find something so much fun and so right. great and it was just like finding a, a treasure versus some of the stores in New York like every single thing you see in there has already been purchased or like like someone's already done the flipping and now they're trying to like sell they it know. to you yeah exactly they, they know. totally know they almost they operate almost uh, like a what's it called a buffalo buffalo exchange, exchange. <laughs> yeah like a consignment oh my gosh yes it's wild and i mean you know i'm just thinking about oh man so many things that like i i haven't been into a thrift store mm-hmm. in so long but i uh, i and I, I, you know, I wanted to talk about this a little later, but I have been thrifting from the streets recently. Yeah, I was going to ask. It's totally been like a, a, a complete game changer. Um, but before we go there, <laughs> I, I love thrifting. And when I first started, I started to find, I, I started with the purpose of making money so that I could like live, you know, yes. I, I, when I came to New York, I came with the goal of immediately finding a job in the industry and, you know, continuing on my career. But, um, rude awakening was <laughs> when it took me an entire year wow. to, to find a, a full-time employment. Yeah. And during that whole time, I'm, on no, I had done 
like hundreds of phone interviews. I've submitted like over 500 applications. And when push comes to shove, then the reality is you've got all these bills knocking at your door. You just got to get creative and pivot. And um, that's basically what I did. Mm -hmm. And, and it was so awesome being able to start on a really simple platform like Poshmark because they make it really easy for you, which um, they make it easy for you, but you still have to do the work. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, day in, day out, late, very early days, very late nights trying to make sales. So, wow. um, tell they, me a little, yeah. tell me a little bit about um, more about that. Tell me a little bit more about like, you know, the process. Yeah. I mean, I, I've used Poshmark before, but like just when you say early date, you know, what do you have to do to put, there's so many people on Poshmark, right? There's so much stuff on Poshmark. There so, are like 40 million users. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you have to be a, a marketing professional, which I mean, I guess you are <laughs> like you, you are, are <laughs> yeah. a marketing professional, but you have to know it's all about the photos and the description right. and, like, and like tagging things and like how, you know, what is, yeah. What's your process? So for for me, when I first started, I started thrifting with the idea of finding things that I knew sold really well. Mm-hmm. And starting out on the this platform or any other reselling platform, it comes with um, a shit ton of learnings. You know, right. it's really hard when you go into a store and you find. So I I purchased a I sourced a, a Athleta. At, tank top a year ago okay with the belief that you know just knowing that athleta sells really well it's a really great brand it's always sold really well for me and a year later today it finally sells now are you yeah are you changing the prices like what's going on there what i did was i relisted it and this was probably the fifth time that I relisted this tank top. Um, and I, and I, and I sold it at a much lower price point than what I would realistically have liked to sell it at. But so so yes, well, tell me, tell me specifically, what did you buy it for? And then what were you hoping to sell it at? I, I purchased it for $3. I sold it for $12 or I had it on sale. I listed it at $15. I sold it for 12. Okay. And my profit is $7.93. Okay. So my revenue net is $4.93. Okay. So stuff like that, um, to be really successful, to be one of those resellers that makes like six figures, you, you know, you, they, they have like garages where they have taunt like thousands of those types of items in their inventory where, a $5 profit, if you do that five times a day times, you know, 500, that, you know, it breaks even for you. Wow. But for me, who I only have my little corner of the dining room, uh-huh. um, <laughs> it, it's, it's tough because you go in at the time knowing and knowing that that brand sells really well. And then it magically just doesn't for it just sits there for a year. Sure. So some of the things that have helped me uh, make sales is just, uh, you know, just to talk about the process. So every day I get up really early. 
I will share everything in my entire closet. Um, and I usually have between 150, 200 items. Cause that's the amount that my apartment will hold before it bursts open. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, um, and if you know, New York, you know, our, our living quarters are quite tight. teeny, teeny and yeah. tight. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the compromise for having a dining room was me having my Poshmark business. So I love that. <laughs> and so I get up every morning, I share my closet. I try to share it at least five times a day. Okay. Um, and depending on, you know, the volume of items that I have in my closet, I, and the schedule of my day for work, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty decent. Um, and then I look at, what Ida, like what the parties are. There's a lot of different things that Poshmark does. Like they do a lot of parties. They do parties. That's like, you know, like best of tops or like best dresses, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, in the beginning, when I first started out, I thought, you know, I spent a lot of time focusing on getting a pick, having someone, one of the party hosts pick one of my items to, to be promoted Mm -hmm. during the party. And, I realized, you know, six months later that that doesn't actually help you make sales, which is a sad, a sad reality and a sad (laughs) truth. Um, But the thing that does help you make sales is having that item or having any of your items shared by all of the hundreds of thousands of people that are participating in that party. Mm. So um, it's a little bit of a uh, a tug of war because they they the platform uh, as it stands they do have a lot of uh, systems in place to help you get your listing to the top of the search engines okay. but m- most of it really is you sharing your items and making sure that you have like the freshest descriptions you have to have measurements and all of your listings for me I if I am when I sell clothes, I usually have a measuring tape nearby and I'll photograph the shirt with the measuring tape Wow! in the, in the picture so that people can see, you know, just for their eyes sake that this, the, the, the bust measurement of the dress is what I, what it says it is. Yep. Um, and it also just saves time. So that's one of the, that's a tip that I have, which is if you're, when you're list, when you're photographing your item, use a measuring tape in your pictures. Don't bother writing out the measurements in the description. Just use the measuring tape, and nice. people can see it right there. Yeah, because they um, don't have like a return process, right? It's like you. It's kind of like a final sale, unless yeah, unless the buyer it, it, is like lying to you. Totally, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it. So another. So that's probably one of my the one of the best tricks that I learned this year because it saved me a hell of a lot of time. People, I've I've never been someone that shopped by measurements mm-hmm. because my body measurements. I got a whole hourglass working over here, and what fits through Zara does not fit through oh yeah uh, made well we have we have that conversation all the time on this podcast and like just how every store has its own version of like a 12 or a 14 or a 16 and actually a a guest who is coming on the on the show 
the week after you, their item, I, well, I'm not going to say who it is because I'm excited about it and no one knows that she's coming on the podcast yet, but their item is a measuring tape. Um, because she was like, I was so, I, I couldn't figure out, like I was starting to feel bad about my body because nothing was ever fitting me. And I realized it's just because the clothes are, are measured in weird ways. And so now I just measure myself and just measure the clothes. And I was right. like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> like what a right. novel idea. Have you noticed kind of like when you have to do those measurements that you make more sales because a lot of those questions are already answered for the potential buyer? 1000%. And I'll tell you one thing. When I have there are, I have a handful of items that I listed a year ago that haven't moved. Mm-hmm. And part of me believes that it's probably well I know one thing probably because the photos aren't good and I haven't updated them mm-hmm. um it, which is another tip it, good, good photos, photos. Yeah. and it doesn't it, it doesn't you don't need to do all the props and you don't need to have a what's it called um one of the 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 fancy lights that the, people yeah, the have ring light. people use yeah, the, the ring, ring lights <laughs> and I do everything you know, on the using the wood tile, the wood flooring in my apartment, and I photograph during the day. Nice. And um, and and I just keep it really simple because time is money. Yep. And yep. when you have a lot of things to get through, if you have more time, like maybe trip trick your your setup out and get a ring light and get some like cool marble tile from Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I just I have always just photographed from my floor, mainly because I also love wood floors. Yeah. They always look good against against like fabric too, like especially Most in the right days. light. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We're going to take a really quick break and then we're going to come out, um, come back because one of the reasons, well, when I found Tonette on Instagram, you had posted about like trash day. And so when we come back from our break, we are going to talk about trash day. Uh, We will be right back. Okay, we're back. Um, Okay, so you've been doing this for now a year. Are you comfortable kind of saying how much you've made doesn't have to be an exact number. But like, do you know, like, yeah, what's your what's your profit been like? So in a year, I've made a little over eight grand. And- Whoa, I almost just spit out my water. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That's so yeah. much money. A little over eight grand, um, you know, most of which has gone straight to my student loans. Yep. And I, I honestly, I wish I'd started sooner. I always wanted to do this because I always – I've actually been thrifting – I have been a thrift shopper. Mm-hmm. I personally have thrifted for myself for, I'd say, the last five years. I've, like, exclusively shopped thrift. thrift. It does feel like you have a little bit of a, a born-with-it talent here. Yeah. I mean, uh, $8,000 is no <laughs> joke. Like, you must be you, – you understand what you're doing. So I – that's my – that's my – that's what I've gotten wow. in the last year. And, you know, most of that's gone – majority of that's gone back into my student loans. Yep. Um, a portion of that I saved for myself just to try to re-up my little savings nugget that <sighs> I depleted yep. in the the year of, you know, looking for jobs. Yep. Um, 
So yeah, so I living in the neighborhood that I live in in Jersey City is quite quaint. It is very nice, mm-hmm. and we are very lucky to live here. Um, just because it's one of those places that's it's just on the it's on the up and up, and yeah. um, it has a lot to offer by way of diversity culture. Um, we, you know, are really good friends with our neighbors. We, there's like a real true community here, but I will say the, that one of the main major differences in my experience living here versus living in DC is that on trash day or trash week, Uh people in DC, at least people usually post the stuff that they're going to throw out on Craigslist to give people like a little bit of a heads up. Okay. <laughs> but here in Jersey city, they don't do that. They just put it all out on the curb. Um, if it's small, like trinket treasure items like dishes or glassware mm-hmm. or sculptures, they'll put it in a box that says like free stuff. Uh huh. Or if it's big furniture pieces, they'll leave it outside with a sign that says like, please take I'm free. Right. And it is like clockwork. Every Monday and Thursday in our neighborhood, people (laughs) leave out box loads of trash, which is actually what I call treasures. Trashers. (laughs) I love that. Wait, so like, it's like like good stuff? Really, really great stuff. I recently, I, 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 I shared this in a recent post, but I found, I felt like, a real true blue pirate person diving under the deep blue sea looking (laughs) for actual gold. And I found it, uh, someone, uh, on the, on the block away from me, Uh put out a whole tub of Southeast Asian sculptures, paintings, just total beautiful relics casted in gold iron sculptures wood sculptures and um for me i I actually have a a lot of personal connection with southeast asia because i've traveled there a lot and it's just a really amazing place Mm -hmm. so when i found this i i was like all right so you just left it out here for me you might as well have just written like this is for Tanette. Um, so I found this huge tub of, I think it was, it's about 15 different sculptures wow. from all over, all over Southeast Asia. And they are in near immaculate shape. Some of them I've had to do, you know, a little repairing on, but it's incredible. Um, most so awesome. most of the most of the things that I find that are out left out for trash are like home goods, yeah, which is awesome because on Poshmark they in the last year they they started a a home category oh where you can sell all different types of things from your home so picture frames coat racks um you know wall decor artwork wow. So on and so forth. If, and, if Athleta and Lululemon are really popular on Poshmark in terms of clothing, like what is the home stuff that everyone's trying to buy? I would say anything that, anything that's, you know, it's tricky because I feel like I'm kind of biased because for me, if I'm if I'm shopping, uh-huh. um, I'm usually looking for like one of a kind, rustic, weathered 
items. Sure. Um, and so for items that I've sold, it's been when I'm out and about like moving throughout the world and I find these things, that's usually what I find. Mm -hmm. Um, for example, I found this gorgeous mirror that is like perfectly weathered. I think it's from anthropology. Um, I ended up keeping it for myself because (laughs) like, why not? Yeah, for sure. And it was, it was Um, on the street. It was totally free. And it was, it was on the street in a box with, you know, all kinds of different things. There was a Rebecca Minkoff, like iPhone eight phone case in there too, that I took. Um, and then it up, I took it in the night and ended up t- giving it back because I didn't feel like dealing with having to sell a phone case on Poshmark. Sure. <laughs> um, but the, the the things that sell really well, I think, on this platform and the things that have sold really well for me are things that are that have life in them. Mm. Um, things that are artwork, um, photo frames that have sort of a rustic feel. Yep. Uh, but then on the clothes front, it's it's a little different because it's literally it runs the gamut. Totally. I've sold like ball gowns, prom dresses to sneakers, you know, just the the whole works. Wow. How much time are you like spending at the post office? So that's a really funny uh, question because I haven't been to the post office since probably the beginning of or mid-March when we went to shut down. Right. Um, I have a really great relationship with all of my local USPS carriers and drivers. <laughs> nice. Um, where some of us are on like cell phone level comfort rule no. to like text and give a, a heads up like if they're in the area there's only now when I say some I mean one <laughs> no but that's spe- so special um, that's so special like yeah who else is texting usually, their mailman or their mailwoman that's amazing I know right yeah I usually I usually will at 12 o'clock I mean it depends on my work schedule so usually around 12 or 2 o'clock I'll go and I'll just walk around the neighborhood and I'll have my have my big bag of packages, which is literally what I did today. And I went and I walked around and I looked for a post office truck and I handed it over to one of the guys that, um, you know, services our neighborhood. Wow. And I didn't even know you could do that. It's great. You can just like, yeah, you can just hand them your packages. I mean, some of them are like, for me, at least in my neighborhood, they're really cool. But some of the new people are like, well, stay away. Right. Right. <laughs> Still try, trying to figure you out. I'm sure I, I, feel, yeah. I feel like someone at, at the post office in Jersey City has to be telling their their new team members about you. It's totally. Like, oh, just keep an eye out. <laughs> She's got yeah, there's this. We're, yeah, I'm really lucky because in my neighborhood, there are three USPS truck drivers that I am on, like, face and name relationship with (laughs) some of them I know their their names and some I just know their faces Mm -hmm. and um you know I can if I see their their truck and I recognize them from like a block away I can wave them down and they'll stop and if they're at a traffic light they'll hold up traffic which you know is dangerous in Jersey yeah wow (laughs) you have a lot of pull over there yeah it's all right it's all right it helps it helps to be nice really (laughs) that is awesome 
to say good morning or good afternoon and have a good weekend yeah to them. the the obviously like kindness does go a long way but like I didn't know any of my mail carriers in Brooklyn because you never see them because right they just go to your apartment building number you know they're you just get dropped off in the box or whatever and then if you get a package they yep. just kind of like leave it but now in Los Angeles I know my guy his name is Tony and Yes. he's my bud um but yeah I, it's, it's kind of like a fun it's like a different sort of relationship than because I lived in New York for like you know 10 or 11 years like there's so much community in New York and in New Jersey like in that tri-state area but it's so yep. it's so different than somewhere else so this is it's been sort of a nice um change for me to understand like also like we had I mean even if I did see my mail carrier in Brooklyn there were like seven of them who would do the (laughs) same route you know so I never saw the same person twice like in the same week but in LA it's just Tony it's just me and Tony um it's so nice I gotta tell you I when I lit so well not lit but when I when the office was open uh if I had a heavy or a medium day Mm -hmm. I would say when I had a medium shipping day I would usually try to take all of my stuff with me to the office and wow um I would drop it off on the path yes (laughs) for you uh it depends on how much stuff I had to get out that day so if it was like a large if it was a large batch of stuff that I had to ship then um my partner usually would I would make him I would ask him I'm very, I'm very him, familiar with the uh, politely asking of the yes, partner. Yes, <laughs> can you please drop this off at the post office? Mm-hmm. But for me, I actually really like dropping my own packages off at the post office because it gives me a a reason to like get out and get up, and um, b it's you know, and when I was working in the city, it was nice to just walk around and yeah. you know, use your like lunch break for a change. So. Um, <laughs> Right. You got to force yourself when, to get out of your chair. No one's going to make you take a lunch break. So you have to literally exactly. be like, I'm leaving now. I will be back in 45 minutes. Yeah. It's nice to have a destination. Like I'm <laughs> yes, going to the post so, office. Yeah. So I usually would go, I mean, on a good day, I would go and I would drop my stuff off, but you know, the weather here is always kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So in the wintertime, I'd, I would be a little bit more desperate and I'd have to find people on the street and it's just totally different having to like wave down a truck in Manhattan because you feel like a total asshole like you're totally. inconveniencing the whole all you're inconveniencing the the pigeons on the street yes yes by right. to stop a USPS truck <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really true yeah you are like that person yes. like you look like yeah whereas like in the neighborhood there's like a nice kind of vibe to it you know everyone's just waving to each other but if you do something like that in New York it's like a lot of people giving you the finger so, you know, this podcast is about, you know, we we do intentional kind of shopping and not not just like intentional shopping, but like we talk a lot about like the things that make us happy and the things that we've bought that change our lives. But you're kind of on the you're on the selling side of it. So like how have you noticed people's shopping habits changing, you know, in the last couple of months? Like are you selling more stuff? Are you selling less stuff? Like what's been going on? So, in the last few months, it's definitely been way less um june i would say was my hardest month of the year wow and june just you know i I mean it's tough to say because you know it might get better in july but um i i'd say i think that so june was really tough i did not sell as much in june as 
I was forecasting. Uh-huh. Um, the And I think part of that has to do, or a large part of that has to do with the, the fact that the whole country yeah. has been operating at two different speeds. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's beyond me. So while I, you know, the sales that I made in, in June, it mm-hmm. was, it's a hodgepodge of home goods, clothes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but for me, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't see July being much better Yep. mainly because of the state of the, the country and the way that the the vi- COVID is impacting yeah. ev- everyone else outside of the East Coast in a totally different way. Yep. Uh, and you know, in the speed of which it's impacting these other states, the way that it was, it's it's like everyone's experiencing what we just experienced here in New yes. Jersey and New York. Um, they're experiencing it now, but yep. like two months later. Yeah. So people are holding their pocketbooks a lot, clo- a lot more closely, which is smart. Um, and, you know, I think that, I, you know, I, as I'm a human being, I wouldn't want to be too careful, you know? Right. So it's, it's tricky. It's been, June was definitely a little crazy in terms of what I had forecasted, I think it'll probably be the same for July, uh, you know, through the summer as things start to unravel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm obviously curious about what the end of the year looks like because the end of the year is a big selling season yeah. for just big retail in general. Yeah. And um, I'm excited to see what that, what that looks like and how that'll play out and what I can do to try to roll out just new strategies to try to sell through Poshmark and I love this inventory moves your approach to this like it just makes me like I literally just want to like go to a thrift store right now and like do this myself like it sounds like it's so much fun um it's really fun and it ultimately for me I I just feel I'm someone, I'm the type of person that I don't buy anything new ever. Wow. And I am super, super reduced, reuse, recycle. Secondhand is like first in our house. Wow. And, um, you know, where you, where you can at least. Yep. And I just think right now it's like the perfect time to get to be inventive, to, to figure out a way to upcycle your kitchen cabinets yeah. or, you know, things that you're thinking about buying new, just figure out a new way to repurpose. Absolutely. And if you don't have, if you can't do that, find someone in your area that you can donate to or go on consignment with mm-hmm. to not totally lose out on whatever it was that you spent on that item in the first place. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been, there's, there, the, the, the last couple of months have been like a real lesson and just sort of looking around and being like, I don't, I don't really need that much, you know, right. like I don't, I mean, I say this all the time and we say this, like every time I talk to a guest and, and if clothing comes up, it's like, we talk about how, like since March, like I've been wearing the same like t-shirt and like leggings 
combo um, for like 20 weeks now. Like, you know, I'm yep. not, I have a closet full of clothes. I haven't seen the light of day. And, you know, I'm doing my skincare the routine. The single light. Yeah, the, yep. yeah literally <laughs> – <laughs> they're they're literally like turning shades darker because they have not touched sun. Um and right. and just thinking about how quick I was in the past just because of how much faster life moves when you're not living through a global health crisis. Just like how quickly I was to be like, "Oh, I need that. Oh, I need that. Oh, I got to get this." And like I've just been very um I think like humbled is the word just by like how much I really do have and how little I need. Um, and from like a, from like a grateful, you know, perspective just to be happy that I'm like safe and, and healthy, but also just like when this eventually kind of ends and I know it probably won't be for a while, I really just, I, I hope that I take that mentality with me of, of just like you kind of have everything you need and if you think that you need something like you probably already have it in some way shape or form or you could or you could find it um like not new or you could make it and and like that's like a whole different mindset for me that I just wasn't really doing a lot of you know before this the one thing that I will the the one gift that COVID has given me particularly Uh you know and all of us is just the gift of time more time being spent at home Mm -hmm. And a larger period of reflection to be able to see what it is that you love and what it is that you haven't been spending as much time able yeah. to do, yeah. like hobby-wise. Yeah. Um, and I particularly love, recently, one of the things that I did was I made a DIY yarn wall art sculpture, and I'll have to send you a photo of it later. Um, okay, like <laughs> what can't you do? It, it 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 basically it, it's just one of those things that I was just out and about in on a hike, and mm-hmm. I found this. It's like a total lame story, but I found this stick, and I brought it home because I thought it was just a really great relic from a really great trip. And I wanted to make it into something to represent a part of the trip that would have a home as an art piece in my house. Mm -hmm. And I ended up making like a really cool yarn art, art sculpture out of it. Um, And it now it means like so much to me. And I hope that other people are able to go and spend time if, you know, with their families and their kids and their loved ones Mm -hmm. to really soak up the time that we all have with each other, because it is, this is obviously, you know, just with COVID and quarantine and shutdown, it's totally unprecedented and it's absolutely nothing anyone in any of our lifetimes has ever experienced and right now it's all about pivoting being creative using what you have yep and figuring out a way to just get shit done and 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 just get it done yeah I told I could not agree more and I am laughing to myself because and I will post this when I first started my job as a reporter um I would often do the viral kind of like here's the stories here's the things that everyone's talking about online and I'm remembering very clearly 2014 free people was literally selling selling a yarn 
yarn covered <laughs> stick oh, Lord. for $68. And I no. remember, and everyone was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, I, and it's oh like, because everyone looked at that and was like, if you really wanted a, a, you know, a yarn stick, you could go like that is available you to one. you. And I love that you're like, I made it and it represents a trip because free people was really out here being like, Hey, buy this stick <laughs> for, oh uh, for 68 bucks. We're going to take one more break. And then we're going to be back with the product that you bought, which I think if I read it correctly in your email should help everyone, um, if they if if they're interested in potentially starting their own Poshmark shop, um, yeah. so we will be right back. Okay, we're back. So, Tanette, um, tell me about what you brought, and I know it has to do with kind of like, you know, expediting uh, the the Poshmark like business side of things. Totally. So there's this really incredible app. It's called Seller Insight. It is available on the App Store. Um, you can download it on your iPhone, your iPad, and I believe it works through Android as well. Cool. And wow. it is this incredibly robust app that, that aggregates all of your inventory reports and your seller reports, and it creates a daily reporting on how your sales are doing. Um, it tracks your metrics through what your sales are. It gives you, it, it lets you know what your cost of good is. So it tells you by breaking down all of the items in your closet, what the cost per good is. And you can also use it to track and measure how, what your, your goal cost of good is. Cool. So for me right now, my cost of good is, uh, anywhere between like six to $12, and if I were looking to expand and, and grow my current inventory, I would be able to look at the app and the insights that it provides me through all of the data and better track how to get, how to get there. Like what type, how, how retail clothes are doing versus the home goods, how shoes sell versus uh, purses. That is so Interesting. So like you could, and this isn't just Poshmark, like you could do this for Etsy. You could do this for like any sort of thing, or is this just Poshmark? I believe this is just for Poshmark. Interesting. Yes. Yes. But I do, I wonder, I do wonder if there is a way that you would be able to, because it's, it's essentially, it's basically like a tricked out Excel. Yeah. Uh, and that it imports the data that you place into the app. So, um, and it's data that you, that you bring in from your Poshmark reports, which export into an Excel spreadsheet. That's so incredible. Technically, yeah, technically you could actually, if you were an eBay, eBay seller, you could export all of your data and put it into an Excel sheet and then probably re-upload it and import it in through the system. Uh -huh. Um, but I, I'm 100% confident on the way that it works with Poshmark. That is less so confident cool. on. I have I have zero Excel skills. So like that is so that is so cool because like I, even if I was selling a lot on Poshmark, I feel like that missing piece of it for me would be like the actual like seeing the numbers and being like this yes. is how much you spent versus this is how much yep. you and this is how much, you know, you need to make to break even or here's how much you can afford to bring to the Salvation Army to buy new inventory and like I don't know that I would have the time patience or even like ex you know experience it with Excel to be able to sit down and create 
a spreadsheet a, like that? A, a spreadsheet that works that way. You yeah. know what? I actually, I have something like that set up. Um, I actually have never, I personally am a huge data cruncher. I live in Excel. I live in Google Sheets. I cannot read a chart if it's not in an Excel form. <laughs> um, I think that's part of just like the logistics event production person in me where yes. I, you know, I, like so much of my, my full-time work is like data and analyzing it and figuring out the best way to synthesize it and make it digestible to the modern day human. Uh, so I do a lot of work in Excel and in Google Sheets and um, I've created before before using Seller Insight, which there is a version of it that is free, um, but for some of the more advanced features, you could you have the option to sign up for like the next level of subscription. But before when I first started, I I just started it in a Google Sheet, and um, that tracks that tracks everything, and I made it so that it completely synthesizes with the reports that Poshmark pulls for you when you want to analyze what your metrics are for how well you, what you sold on a month by month basis, or if you want to do your run your reports quarterly, you can do that as well. This is fascinating. Like this is now all I want to do with my life. Um, I just, <laughs> I just want to be you. Um, that is, that is so cool. So what is? Oh my gosh! Like I can't. Even, I just looked down at the timer, and we've been talking for almost fifty-five minutes. And it's like I'm gonna have to do like a double episode with you, like in a few months. Like we, I need you to come back and like I don't know. Like what, what are, what do you want from, from your business in the next, you know, six months? Like what are you hoping for? What do you, what goals are you projecting? So that's a really good question. I am working on two different tangents right now with my my business. Um, both really exciting and both really fulfilling. So while I have my my daily work on my Poshmark and everything that goes into making sales, um, that is fulfilling on a very direct, individual, personal level. Mm-hmm. But I also have the work that I'm doing um, socially and on social media to try and raise awareness and to try and amplify Black voices, my own included, and creating space for my fellow Black resellers. Um, What's really crazy, Caroline, is that when I started on Poshmark uh, and when I started my, when I started on Poshmark, one of the first things that I noticed was that all of the successful resellers had Instagram pages. The second thing I noticed was that all of the successful resellers through Poshmark specifically were white faces. And it was, it took me several months just to even find other black and brown people from the reseller community that were that were on the same timeline and on the same trajectory and, and basically just doing the same thing as me selling on Poshmark. Um, and so when I did finally find those people, I mean, it was amazing. It totally blew up. Like it was, it was like the next, the next level of what I had started and created for myself in my reselling business. And 
in the last few weeks of all of the waves of social awareness around the ways that Black people have been and continue to be, you know, oppressed, totally oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I immediately thought back to when I signed, when I created my Instagram account and how Instagram, I mean, it starts at so many different levels. Yeah. So for me, when I started my Instagram account, the first batch of people that it, it that it uh, suggested as accounts to follow were non-black people, yeah. white people. Yeah. And for me, I thought, okay, well, you know, this is a space for white people to succeed. Like, you know, most of the people are stay-at-home moms and they have a lot of time. And, you know, how else are you going to be able to successfully build your business if right. you're not in those categories? And after a while, after I started to follow and, you know, build real true connections with people, we, we just sought each other, we found each other. And so recently, I, in the last few weeks, I started this campaign where every week I promote 100 Black-owned reselling and vintage-owned businesses. And uh, everyone, it's a five-part series. I share 100 people throughout one day. And it's a, a list and a group of people that's aggregated through folks that have tagged their own friends, families, and other mentors that they have that are that are Black-owned vintage shops or Black-owned vintage, uh, reseller businesses. Nice. Yeah. Well, that I think that's how – I think someone either reposted you to the stories or – I don't know. I found – I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. <laughs> and and <laughs> yeah. then I fell, like, face first into everything. Yeah, that is a great idea. I think that, like – have you has anyone have you talked to Poshmark at all and I'm happy to also send an email but like why are all the people that are coming up white that's a great question I I messed so when I dropped my first list the list blew up it was so crazy and I you may not know this, but I am like a total introvert. I do not do like social media <laughs> at all whatsoever. Wow. So when I posted this list, it totally blew up. There were so many responses. People were coming at me from every direction saying like, thank you so much. Um, I met this really incredible mentor or I made 10 sales last night or my, my social media accounts have never had like a higher level of following just so many different so many different responses and reactions to just to literally just being tagged yeah on a post and people resharing that post and so when I did the first series I uh the next week I sent a message to Poshmark and I said hey I've got this dope series that I'm posting about black reseller uh um, if you want to help amplify our voices, because majority of the people in this community are selling on Poshmark, um, you know, here here is a link to the post. And if you could please help us get 
some level of just get greater attention to to what what I'm trying to do and what we're all trying to do. That would be awesome. And they were like, "Hell yeah, we're gonna reshare. Good. We're gonna repost." Nice. And then they did, and it was awesome. It was awesome. And so, um, but it's a part of a continued call to awareness, also because I posted that that first list, and then I sent it to them. And then they reposted one of those posts mm-hmm. and not like all five. Yeah. <laughs> and which is like cool. Yeah. There are 100 people, you only shared like 20. Yep. Um, but it's a weird, you know, it's weird because for me at least, I want it's a weird line between being someone who uses their platform, being someone who's asking their platform to help amplify our voices, and then also calling them out when they like fall short you know this is going to be the fourth week of the 100 black owned vintage shops and resellers list that which means that uh in the last four weeks everyone will have access to over 400 different black owned businesses to shop from and um it's 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 totally totally compelling and incredible because um I started this list from the lack of the lack of acknowledgement from the business that I use that I the platform that I used to run my business, which is Poshmark. Yep. Um, it was it was so totally just enraging after Blackout Tuesday and everyone posting their blackout their black squares with the hashtag blackout Tuesday and um, you know, on a corporate level, all of these corporate businesses doing the same thing. And then the next day they just go right back into, uh, you know, business as usual posting and trying to sell and just totally giving way, giving away yeah. everything that we're all here for. Yep. Um, and so when that happened, I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> why aren't you? Like, if I'm running a business and I see that people work in my business that are being, like, just totally put, put it, it's just totally victimized because of the color of their skin, yeah. I'm going to do everything in my power to raise them up to make sure they are seen, to give them a voice. And... So and and when you see on a on a business level when these brands don't show up, yeah, then to to show up for your own people, which is why I was like, oh, let's just see if people will nip at this idea of a black, 100 black resellers list because Poshmark yeah. has over 40 million users and they haven't created created a single fucking list. Which is- Hey. Yeah, that I'm is like, insane. We're out here. We're out here. You're out there, and you're also like making we a, out here. A, yeah, like right, and you're making a lot of money too. Making a lot of money, and then and right, and they're getting a lot of money. They're getting twenty percent of your eight thousand dollar like profit. So they yep. should they should be like they should yep. be warming up to you. The whole point of all of this that's happening in the the world, especially this country, yeah. is putting things, putting people, putting all of this making everything accountable. You're accountable for your actions. We're all accountable. Yep. Um, and so I have no shame saying, okay, why aren't you doing X? Yeah. 
And also, while you're not doing X, I'm going to take the onus of doing it on because you're not doing it yeah. because we need this. Yeah, we need this. I've heard from so many, so many. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. I've heard so many. I've gotten so many responses from people saying like, I never thought, I never had the fucking balls mm. to even like open to start an account here or to start a business here or to do what I wanted to do until you and you tagged me in this post and now I have people following me and reaching out to me and asking me like what my name is and who actually care um and so it's really hard because there's a lot of noise and social media especially and it's hard when you're a small person in a small just as you just feel so small yeah <laughs> when you're just in your one little tiny apartment and yep. you just don't know what the hell is gonna happen for you and you're just giving trying your shooting your shot yes. you know and when one person tags you in a post and says this is a black owned business that you need to know who needs to be on your list who people need to know about like that means the world it it opens doors and so I'm glad that I was able to see the lack of the lack of job that Poshmark or ThreadUp or any of these companies have been doing because I've been following and they are not they're not doing yeah um and it's very like strategic it's very corporately strategic Mm. and what and how things align with their their corporate messaging, their marketing strategy. I work in corporate America. I know yeah. how this shit works. Yes. So it's um, it's very real too. Right. None and of this is random. That, yeah. 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 I'm like, you're no one's no one's dumb. Yes. It's like so simple and easy. And I know that there's another human being on the other side of the computer or the phone That's or right. whatever who is seeing my my cries, other people's cr- pleas yep. to to be to have their voice amplified and raised up. Um, and the, the the last thing I want to say is uh, today when I woke up, yeah, right before I shared my closet, <laughs> <laughs> right before I shared all bajillion listings yeah. that I have, I read this incredible quote by Toni Morrison, and it reads, "I tell my students." When you get these jobs that have been so that you have been so brilliantly trained for, just remember that your real job is that you are free. You need to free somebody else. You have some power. If you have some power, then your job is to empower somebody else. This is not just a grab bag candy game. I love that quote. I think it's one of my it's favorite. It's about passing the torch. Yeah, it's pulling passing people up. When you are up, you yes. reach behind you, you grab someone else, you pull them up. They reach behind them, they pull them up. Uh, and I think especially right now, you know, this is not, we are not, there is not one newspaper, one network television channel, one magazine. Like we all have voices and platforms and ways to, to scream. And right now people are listening and, you know, like silence on any of these topics is being complicit to like the systems, whether big or small, like in place to oppress and so if you're like yeah if you're lucky enough to get your voice out there you use that voice 
to to make someone else's voice louder. And I mean, that is just how it should be. Um, that's it's, right. It's a great it's a great. That's a great thing to keep in mind, you know, going through your day. Totally. Um, the, I'm so inspired by I'm so happy that I found your Instagram. So it's shop with Tanette on Instagram. Is that also your Poshmark closet or is it something else? It, it sure is. I, like to keep it consistent. I was going to say, I so love a consistent brand. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Amazing. You guys, you have to follow her on Instagram. I mean, like, look, hide your credit card, but follow her on Instagram because you're going to have like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of black um, vintage sellers and resellers and Poshmarkers and thread uppers to follow. And if you must go shopping, and we all know that especially here, we all must go shopping. Buying secondhand is a very, you know, eco-friendly, sustainable choice. Um, And putting your money towards one or more of these 400 essentially small business, black owned businesses uh, is, is another great way to, to spend your money. So it's a win, 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 win for everybody. Um, I am so excited to look at your closet and I'm excited to also have your phone number now because now I'm just going to like text you and be like, how much did you pay for this? Like how much did you get this? But I'm so serious about, please hire me to be your West coast team. I will go to, the Salvation Army's here and the Goodwill's here. I'll find good stuff. I'm like, I'm literally like ready to go. Like I'm ready to get in my car and like go scouting. I now. know. I can't wait. Soon enough. Soon enough. Soon um, enough. Tanette, thank you so much for coming, for your time, well, for you. telling everybody about Poshmark. And just like, I hope that this kind of, I hope everyone does their own store. I know that um, Poshmark has like a referral link and I, and if you decide to give it a shot on Poshmark, I'm going to put Tanette's referral link um, to Poshmark in the show notes. So if you decide to start your own Poshmark, go through her link um, because it means she'll get a little bit of credit um, for you joining. And, and yeah, I mean yes. like, and so it's shop insights is the app, correct? It's seller. Sorry. Insight. Seller insights. And okay. yeah, I'll send you the link for that one directly. Incredible. But I, I do want to say to the people don't, if you have anything that you are thinking no one will possibly want this. <laughs> I promise you, there is someone who will probably want it. Famous and words. By and and by donating, there it by donate donation is good. Yes, but it also lessens the the life cycle of your item actually making it onto someone else's into someone else's closet. That's right. Um, especially now that we're in COVID, these donation centers are you know certain parts of the country started to reopen donation centers are being hit by like just crazy yeah um so i would recommend i would suggest you know if you go on to poshmark reach out to some resellers that are in your area if you have items that you want to simply donate offer to donate your stuff to them to their inventory and you can help their business that is such um, a great idea yeah i yeah. love that Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't really think about it. And it's a whole other conversation altogether. But donating doesn't necessarily mean you're you're continuing the life cycle. Um, because the donations, right. the that, donation volume true. is so high 
that it's so high and half the stuff doesn't even make it on into the actual store that's it right. usually goes straight into a landfill yeah I, and I'm, i tell you this when i go walk through my neighborhood and I see all of the stuff that people throw out that says left for free. If no one's taking it at the end of the night, it gets picked up by the garbage man and it goes into the truck and it goes into a landfill. Yeah. So it's really important, you know, just from a sustainability level to make sure that um, your pre-loved items are have a longer life cycle than just you. And they see see life beyond your own shelf. See you guys starting a Poshmark business is good for the earth. I want you all to do it. Um, I feel like I'm going to go on right now and, and see what I have in my closet that I need to start moving. Um, and probably, yeah, probably everything, <laughs> probably everything that isn't, um, a pair of leggings <laughs> or a t-shirt can go all of my bras out the door. Um, Tanette, <laughs> this was so much fun. I need to have you back. Like we're going to have, I think during the holidays, I have to have you back Maybe we can yes. do a whole episode about like shopping secondhand for holidays because I don't know what in what world I'm going to be buying oh my stuff for holidays. I you know what I would love I, to have I, you. I, I'm I'll probably I'll definitely be sharing this with my family. But I will tell you one thing: over the years, I've gotten a lot of stocking stuffers, and none of which are sellable, resellable. Oh. <laughs> so I just have a whole box. Of, like,